Welcome back to Everybody Knows Everything with Michelle and Mandy. We're here again. We're at it. <laughs> yep. Getting a good laugh in before we turn on the mic for the official recording. I and really, the sun's out. The sun is The sun's out. out. Usually it's so dark when we oh, record. Yes. And I wish you could see oh my gosh. out this window these golden trees. It's yeah. just so Isn't it great? magical. Yay. <sighs> Uplifting. <laughs> Spring's on its way. Yeah. Here comes the sun. Soon enough. Here comes the sun. Yes. Oh, well, thank you to everybody who's been following us on social media and listening in, offering your comments and messages. Again, it's a it's a gift to have you. It uh, leaves me bubbling with gratitude to think that this conversation is, um, of course, so much a part of what can happen between me and Michelle, you know, in our humanness and... <laughs> and sure. bumbling humility, Absolutely. but it's uh, something so much bigger, too, and that feels lovely. Um, one idea um, that Michelle had, which I think is just awesome, that we wanted to officially implement this episode oh, is wonderful. the Mythbuster. Yeah. Myth I was thinking, what idea did I yeah, the yes. MythBuster. So Myth actually, busters. giving credit to to all the people on social media, uh, you know, who um, are so responsive. Whenever, as an early childhood educator, I've posted or shared something yes. where they've believed, oh, I thought that was this. Yes. And then I start popping bubbles, and they go, oh, okay. Mm. So I really, you know, um, give everyone who's open to having their bubbles popped, you know, <laughs> they're the myth buster people. Yeah. <laughs> the idea was like, Oh, okay. I thought, gosh, you know, maybe Mandy and I could do that. Um, yeah, but it really comes from all these people who were so open hearted. Well, thank you. And that's a good, fair point. The fact that, you know, especially when we originally talked about, just the name, everybody knows everything. everything. <laughs> you know, this sort of idea that a lot of times the myths that are, you know, overlaying in our psyche, in our culture, they don't really have a foundation in, in tradition, in the mm -hmm. tradition of <laughs> inquiry around this, mm -hmm. you know, evidence-based. They're not, um, not really true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, that's why it feels so relevant to me. It's like, mm -hmm. I appreciate, like you said, this invitation and people telling the truth and wanting to seek the truth. You know, that's right. what we're all about here. Right. It's all of us learning and growing and kind of right. popping those bubbles together, getting more free. So. Yeah. And I think that what's so impressive to me when people do that, um, like you've done it when we've had conversations and is that um, it really is born to me out of this sense of deep regard for their, for your children, you know, mm. that um, when you do something based on a mythology about child raising, for example, that your child has a different kind of reaction than you would think if yes. it was really right. Yeah. And, um, you know, your, your sort of intuition kicks in that, hmm, you know, 
I'm being told this, this, that, and the other, but something about this doesn't feel right. And so it's that, I always think it comes from that really deep, deep regard for your children. Mm -hmm. And so I have so much respect when people open up to that because I know that's where it comes from. Yes. You know, it's, and it is kind of funny to say everybody knows everything and, you know, realize just what you said. I think you said it really perfectly when you, you know, when the way you articulated it was really great that you, you have to base what you quote know on the deeper truths. Sure. And there are some things that are worth knowing about children. Oh yeah. You know, and I think that's what we're here for. For sure. Yeah. So I, I appreciate the way you said that. Hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah. That was really good the way you articulated it. And I hope everybody that listens to us from this episode can just take a second to feel that the heartbeat of that deep regard mm -hmm. they feel for their children. Oh, yeah. That almost brings me to tears. Just sure. right here. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's in there. Yeah. And when people say, you know, my children are my teachers, sure. you know, I think that's part of that too. Absolutely. Seeing that they stand on that ground, really, yes. it's just yeah. sort of acknowledging you can stand right. there too. <laughs> yeah, and that's the spiritual boot camp. You know, <laughs> oh yeah, you have you you can though you can raise a child and avoid it. Mm. It's possible to do that. So that's why I say I have so much respect yeah. for everyone who says, oh, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and opens their heart up to rethinking these little myths. So this myth buster idea really was born from what I see, all these beautiful families and parents out there who have such respect for their children. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is. Mm -hmm. I feel lucky to know so many. Exactly. exactly. My teachers too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. this episode, <laughs> Mythbuster number one. Yeah. You know, right, <laughs> put it up right, there on the right. wall. Waste no time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, can we talk about color? Mm -hmm. People's color. Yeah. Yeah. It, myth number one. It's rude. It's improper. It's uh, not good <laughs> to talk about someone else's skin color or to say mm -hmm. to regard that I'm a white person right. or it's awkward or uncomfortable mm -hmm. and so it's it's maybe something we can sweep under the rug or mm -hmm. encourage children to not do it or to mm -hmm. sort of silence if they do notice mm -hmm. people's mm -hmm. appearance and so we say Please talk about it. Talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's really, um, you know, born of this whole idea that I hear um, families um, with the best of intentions wanting to um, say, I teach my children not to see color. Mm. So that's the little myth that's kind of grown up out of a time when people taught their children to hate certain skin color, right? Or, so, sure. you know, there's been this evolution yes. of how do we teach our children about skin color? So, 
you know, for, for most of our country's history, families have taught their children either nothing about skin color or to, you know, think negatively of, in, about certain people with certain skin colors, yes? Yes. Um, and then we evolved into, well, maybe if we just don't talk about it, mm. you know, we don't, nobody's different. Everybody's the same. Mm. Yeah. And so that was a period of time where we, we thought, okay, if we say everybody's the same, what we mean is everybody should be treated the same. Yes. Yeah. And so mm. now we've evolved into the, that mythology, right? There's still, don't get me wrong, we know there's still people teaching their children the, to, be, to experience hate around certain things. That we know. But that's not who we're talking about, and I don't think they're listening tonight. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe they are, and if so, oh my gosh, welcome. Yeah. So, welcome, welcome, oh. welcome. You are so welcome to join us. So, that's the myth that we can pop right now. We can say... Um, it's not only okay, but important yes. um, to notice differences, to talk about differences, because when we do that, we normalize differences, right? What do we want to normalize? Yeah. We want to normalize differences. You know, it's, it's not normal to think that everybody's the same. Right. Because it's just not so. It's and not it also true. allows for kids to grow up thinking, you know, if I don't see color, I don't see you, mm. right? So when, so we know this whole idea, a lot of people listening will be very familiar with this idea that when we don't see color, we're basically saying you don't, you're not there. Yes. And so it's kind of a, an unexpected outcome to something that was well-intentioned again. Sure, yes. So, um, you know, pop that bubble and notice differences talk about differences um and it's okay to describe people as different you know with their yes. differences note those differences yeah and so. for me it's encouraging although i i know this because yes. i have had the gift sure. of teachers like michelle and my parents etc right i still find myself mm. if i'm experiencing mm. discomfort or awkwardness mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. talking about that is still a practice yeah. for me it's practice you yes. know and i'm you know i can feel afraid oh will i say quote the wrong, the wrong thing, thing. <laughs> well we hurt someone's feelings when in fact we're just trying to make a connection i'm really just and what I have experienced, and mm. I just share this because I'd love to hear mm. what, how have you found that? What has it felt like when mm. you have taken a moment of, in mm -hmm. spite of, or, you know, because of your own internal awkwardness or struggle, mm. you have had that experience with your child of talking about differences. What did that feel like to you? And in my experiences, mm. I've been very lucky to find such positive experiences mm. of that, mm -hmm. really popping that aspect of the myth that you're talking about that mm -hmm. oh it it doesn't uh it doesn't create distance <laughs> in yeah. fact it creates such yeah. greater connection yeah and I think if you think about what we're doing with young children as foundational if you don't build the foundation of difference then you can't talk about it as you can't talk about the significant differences in the way people are treated mm -hmm. and the, the stories that are told about people so I think if you 
grow up believing everybody's the same, and then you start hearing about the different ways people are treated, yes. that's that has some kind of wobbliness to it. True. Right? Wait a minute. If everybody's the same, then the police wouldn't do that. Mm. So you can kind of start to see where that goes. And I think I think we we both know a lot of young families who are already practicing all of this. I think that um, for those who are uncomfortable with it, maybe it's a motivator to keep doing it, to understand how foundational it is to what you're really going for in the end. Yes. Mm. And it might seem obvious, but trust me when I tell you it's not. It's just not. So it's, I mean, from years and years of teaching kids who have not understood and valued difference, it's just not the same as the kid who did, who does understand that. Um, it's just so much easier for a child to say, well, of course they're treated differently because they're not the same as me. Mm. Right? And I'm treated differently. So I just mm. love that. It's yes. so simple, and it's so such an easy change to make once you allow yourself to get comfortable. And really where that shows up a lot is when you make art with kids. Oh, You know, when yeah. you start encouraging kids to say, well, would everybody in the store look the same? Mm. Right? And you start, right. you know, you have funny hair and funny this and funny that. <laughs> right? So. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, those are some simple ways maybe that are more comfortable for some people to start talking about differences. When my college students do their self-portraits, a lot of the um, students that are international, you know, they don't, in, they don't use those um, skin colors, those skin tone crayons. Oh. And they're doing their self-portrait and they turn it on and they'll say, wow, you know, where's this beautiful tone that you have, right. you know, where <laughs> yes. is that? So I've gotten comfortable saying, no, I'm not going to let you leave that out. Mm, right? Yes. Yeah. So I insist that you be your, be everything you are. And I honor everything you are. So you can wow. go from one space to saying, no, I must let you be everything. Mm. Yeah. And that's where it can lead. So it's a good myth to pop. Yes. Well, thank you for making the space to pop myths. <laughs> Both so, of us. So okay. folks listening, bubble that was popped. our number one, <laughs> number one bubble popped. But as the weeks go on, you know, we'll, we'll pose invitations on our yeah. Facebook page. Please send them. Send them. We would love to hear what would, what would you like some insight on? What, mm -hmm. what would you like to hear us right. talk about? Yeah. And surely it'll be something that right. <laughs> other people would like to hear too. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to tell your oak story? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Man, at some point. Your kids are going to be famous. I know. Gosh. And, you know, I'm, anyway, yeah. <laughs> we could really go on for eternity, I'm sure, hearing everyone's stories yeah, about their children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's and why. we will. We will get together with you at some point in the future. Yes. Oh, I can't yes. wait for that to be the future. Yeah. I want to hear Other kids too. Uh, about all your kids, and I know Mandy does too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. 
And I, I'm sharing these because I feel like I hear my, mm-hmm. you know, the community sharing similar moments. And so I hope these can be a springboard. Um, but the other night we were reading um, sort of a, uh, you know, the brown bear, brown bear. What do you see? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that classic kids book. Yeah. Such a great book. So sweet. Yeah. And particularly my middle one, my two-year-old Ronan, really loves it because Aww. it's sort of one of those he can kind of do. do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he can sort of know, you know, he can uh-huh. name all the I animals. Can that that yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so I great. can read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. He can, quote, read yeah, that book. Yeah. And it's so oh, dear, of course. It's wonderful. So yeah. fun. Oh. And there's, there's sort of, I mean, I'm sure parents have seen, like, ones that are sort of variations of that. Mm. And of the brown bear one. And there's one um, mm. that we were reading the other night where I think it starts, Panda Bear, Panda Bear, mm. what do you see? Mm. And as they go through um, the, the different species that this, it's dreaming child too. So there's a bit of a difference mm. there. It's, there's this floating figure of this dreaming child through the book. These are the things, again, I sort of notice. And then my kids just like put out a thousand mirrors. Like, let's look at this. <laughs> and I feel like consider it more fully. Yeah. Don't um, think about it if you don't want your kids to talk about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, so we'll talk about to... that on another show, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. Please. Yes. <laughs> so we're going through, you know, a spider monkey and green sea turtle and, you know, all these creatures. And yeah. it's very sweet. Mm. And it comes to the end and the dreaming child lists all the animals, you know, yeah. like you did at the end, okay. and says, I see these animals wild and free, wild mm. and free. Mm. And, you know, Ronan wants to read the book again immediately. <laughs> and Oak says, well, why wild and free? Why in brown bear? You know, it's just like we just saw the animals, you know, we just noticed them. He said, but why in this one is the child seeing all the animals? The animals aren't looking at each other as the child. And why are they? Well, anyway. So I'm like, you know, it's bedtime. <laughs> okay. Well, um, and so anyway, sort of through breaking this open a little bit, I sort of, well, the the difference between these animals that happen to be in this book and the brown bear book is that these animals, um, you know, sometimes they you don't see them in the wild as often anymore. And he said, well, why? You know? And so I was sort of trying to explain this, the idea in a gentle way about endangered species, you know? So, you know, there are these... were those animals in that book, do you feel like they're the type of animals that we might see on that kind of list or are there in danger of becoming? So I, I, I wish I had checked the book because there actually is a footnote somewhere. Mm. And so I don't want to misquote it. They may not be very interesting though. Yes. They may not be endangered with that title, but they said something about like Mm. these, these are, um, anyway, they're, they're close to being endangered or they are endangered and I can't quite Maybe a protected species. Maybe a protected species. But Oak was able to, he went right for the gold. (laughs) Yes. As all four year olds are apt to do. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So he went, there he goes. Yeah. (laughs) Right. All four year olds. (laughs) Like, okay, no. what about this right. business? It's all connected. It all mm-hmm. is out there for me. I can make any connection that's there. Yeah. 
So he, he, so if I understand you correctly, he really went for this idea of wild and free. Yes. And this boy is not playing the air, the game. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This boy's got something, something else going on. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like this is like, why is this child, you know, in this kind of way with these animals? And mm-hmm. anyhow, it's and sort wild of wild and free, probably. Yeah. Am I right about that? Did you that that's what I hear you saying is that that really kind of tipped the that did the just that like mm-hmm. why what wild the scales for what him. does wild and free right I've put free. up with this whole thing all this time <laughs> but now wild and free okay that's it I'm done I need to understand that. yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it yeah. okay nailed it I just wanted to make sure I understood his experience oh sure yeah okay yeah so okay. anyway. So he, so you and he had a conversation about the difference that he yeah. already well really understood existed, but couldn't quite define. Yes, yeah. that there are some animals that right. need better protection yeah. or greater protection. Sure, yeah, brown bear, brown bear, and then you know spider monkey, and you know the and. We never talked about the brown bear needing to be wild and free. Yes. Yeah. So it's really a very different uh, space to be in about animals. Mm. Am I right about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. I this was, to make sure. I could see a yeah. window opening right. and he was sort of like, mm-hmm. "What? what's the difference? Yeah. So a couple of things that are really great about those kinds of experiences with kids about animals. Mm. So I thought, well, as I listened to you, both times I've heard you tell the story where you wrote it once and then you told it to me, I thought a lot about animals Mm. and that conversation around, you know, young children and animals, you know, and, you know, young children and plants, the plant kingdom and the animal kingdom. And to which they relate in a really different way than we do as adults. Mm. So that um, especially interesting for you to, to hear maybe is that four-year-olds, <laughs> young children in general, but four-year-olds in particular can really enter into that realm in a really fairly pronounced way. I mean, this is the age where you can, as a preschool care teacher, say, okay, I need all my little kitty cats to line up at the door. And, oh, oh they're down <laughs> on all fours and meow, 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 meow. Oh, yes. You know, they just live into that kingdom so mm. um, intimately mm. is a word I would use to describe it. And a lot of that it comes from the enormity of their own sort of animal feelings that they're ha- you know yeah yeah like can I just uh go through and knock this tower down in one big blow Rawr, boom, you know <laughs> so there's that kind of energy to it but it's a really intimate connection mm. and it has a lot to do with I think how they come to regard the sacredness of life mm. of sent other beings that they share the planet with. And one thing that's happened for our children in our culture is that unlike historical relationships with animals, 
where there was not so much division. Sure. You know, yeah. that children had intimate physical contact with animals. Um, and there's a really great documentary called Babies. If you look oh. on Netflix or some other yes. source like Netflix, I definitely don't make any money every time I say Netflix, but <laughs> but it is a good source for lots of things. Um, and it shows babies growing up from birth or pre-birth through, I, I want to say age three, but you see four cultures yes. and you see the different relationship young children have to animals. Absolutely. And it is really profound in the difference mm. to see kids who live in spaces where whole herds of cow, cattle are coming up to a baby on the, you know, Mongolian tundra, you know, yes. whoa, whoa. Yeah. And nice. I have had students watch that and say, why would you let an animal get that close to a baby? <laughs> yeah. There it is. There yeah. It is. It's, it's our own discomfort with animals and young children, right? Well, and you're reminding me of just today. I was sort of, well, Ronan, my mm -hmm. two-year-old, was sing-songing, mm -hmm. I wish for family members to be happy. Oh. He was singing this. Oh, isn't that great? And I, I think I sang it. He was, it was one of those days. He's about to turn three in May. Oh. And anyway, I can feel it. <laughs> so we were having some moments. Anyway, mm -hmm. so I was singing this. And I finished. And he said, you forgot someone. Mm. And I said, well, well, which person, you know? And he said, you didn't say Kyrie and Roxas, mm -hmm. who are our two dogs. Two dogs. And I thought, well, no, I didn't. <laughs> I did not wish for them to be happy in my song, and so I added them on. But that makes me think so much about how he, just the difference yes. in awareness. Just in our, and that's yes. so different, two yes. domesticated dogs yeah. versus, versus the plethora of, the menagerie, the yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't mean to no correlate those. No. I just mean like it's but such they a good are point. Connected. That it, I think you see that. I think you're seeing. Yes, there is a, re a relationship there. Mm. And so, um, and why does that matter? Why does that matter? Um, well, you know, in one way it, it matter. In a big way, it matters because what you don't know, you don't fall in love with, and what you don't fall in love with you don't grow up and protect. And we, we, as we know, the young people in around the world are saying, hello, yes. what are you doing? Mm. <laughs> and, and so that's for, that's another conversation we can have and will have, I know. However, it, it really is the seeds of how young children start to regard these longings for intimate connections with other forms of life. You know, they have human connections. That, and a lot of people who have dogs and cats that their children are connected to, they, they really know this. Mm. Yeah. Um, but historically, our children have had relationships. You know, they've milked cows. They've gone and gotten eggs. They've... Yes. they've um, had chores related to animals, that sort of thing. And so we haven't had the disconnect. Mm. Um, 
historically that we do now. And so I think that when I hear you tell the story about Oak, I feel his longing and, and most four-year-olds longing for the animal kingdom, you know? And what that, for me, what that's all about is their own evolution, but also um, the beginnings, the stirrings of regard for other lives, mm. you know? And I think we, we want that foundation for regard for other lives to exist um, in a pretty big, large, huge way. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yes. um, you know, what I, I hear that story, and that's what it, it causes me mm. to feel. Yeah. And when children understand that some species could be threatened or not protected, that something could happen to them, right? That's also part of a cycle of life that they are very disconnected from. Yes. You know, the, the how do animals die and why do they die? And it's maybe in generations past, it's when you saw Bambi's <laughs> the mother that's oh yeah right? I think so I can't remember yeah. the whole story but I I know yes. there's also you know the different dogs that die in movies and so yeah. forth and so on right so um you know I know for me it was this film born free where I watched these this mm. woman oh my gosh these colonizers oh. <laughs> living in Kenya oh god but raising <laughs> Raising these little lion cubs and then watching them have to oh. allow them to go free and have the life they were born to have. And I think that, you know, what I connected to was that the animal kingdom is a regard for life and the freedom yes. that all beings deserve. Yeah. So mm. I think for me, when I hear you tell that, I, I say to myself, you know, I'm so glad that Oak has you to, you know, sensitively walk him through those relationships with the animal kingdom. Mm. And, you know, there's other ways now to connect kids with the animal kingdom, you know, that are a little more um, artificial, but still allow kids to have those things happen for them. Sure. Yeah, so find a farmer with animals and, you know, find yeah. ways for your kids to have those connections that you're comfortable with. Yes. Yeah. But again, this idea that the way kids feel about animals and the way they're treated is very tied into their regard for life and living beings. Well, and that feels so tender to hear. It is tender, yeah. You know, and just even as as, you know, gently as I hoped I could respond honestly for yeah. what he was asking about right. I could feel the yeah. sense of I mean alarm might be too strong of a word but belt you know perking up like wait a minute right. some animals are this safe yeah and to say right. every day there are people waking up and taking care of those animals right. working to protect them yep but it made me think so much you know of 
um, I, what I realized after the fact is that I really didn't mention the, and again, I mean, he's only four. <laughs> so, yeah. but where the young people who are yes. working to yes. say like, no yes. more, right. you know, no more yeah. of what, why are the right. animals endangered in the first place? Right. You know, sure. Those are so complex. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I can feel in myself that tension yeah. between just like letting it unfold, watching right. his journey yeah. unfold. Yeah. But grateful that I can feel because mm -hmm. of these conversations and mm -hmm. just reflection upon it, recognizing mm -hmm. that that is connected to his mm -hmm. growing connection to the world, you yes. know, to the love yes. and like you said, regard yes. for love and life and its yes. beings. And he shares the planet with all of those beings, every little flower, you know, that's why you see young children just have this tenderness, but then also sometimes complete disregard and stomp a bug, you know? So, yes. so it's not to yes. say we should not romanticize this either. Yes. And they, and so young children have to be taught also. It's, it's, a, it's both. Yes. Right. And so I think your point is really well made that, that tenderness that you're experiencing is very accurate because mm -hmm. I think it comes from a very s soft spot, you know, and it's why people have these intense relationships with their animals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen this picture of a swan draped around uh, a vet who saved its life. And this swan has got taken its neck and wrapped it around the neck of the vet. And, you know, I, I look at that picture and say, my goodness, that's what every, I actually thought to myself when I saw it. That's what every four-year-old is starting to wake up to. Wow. Is that connection because it's so old, you know? So, yeah. And I know while we're talking about regard for life, that you and I both agree that yeah. we should just remember that Trayvon Martin uh, was killed today, years ago, and um, that in, that movement towards regard for life certainly is connected to that. Yes, and Michelle posted a couple of pieces on Facebook if you're looking for yeah. Uh, yeah I put some things up about Trayvon Martin and I wanted to just you know I, I, it's it's just again the reminder that everything we do is all connected yes I mean to think that those moments of yeah singing my dog's names or yes. of what what does it mean wild and free yeah. can be connected to this to Trayvon Martin. To Trayvon Martin is sort of uh, yeah, that feels tender. <laughs> it's very tender, sure. Yeah. And so there again you you know, you just go back to that when we come here we we have within us the regard we long to regard with respect every being that we share this planet with. 
and it's only being taught to think otherwise if mm -hmm. you unravel that. Mm -hmm. you know, so we send our love out to Trayvon Martin's parents tonight. Yes. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Amanda. <laughs> and thanks to Oak. <laughs> Oak and Ronan and all their yes. teachings. <laughs> oh, yes. I sit at their feet. And I'm grateful to sit here with Me you too. and to share with everyone listening. Thank you for listening. And please do continue to connect. We'll keep connecting in the coming weeks till the next episode. In the meantime, I hope you're well. I hope you get a little bit of sunshine. Yeah, it's <laughs> almost gone now. Yeah, <laughs> the sun has set now. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> depending on what time you'll be listening to this. Sweet dreams, dreaming children. <laughs> May all beings be wild and free. <laughs>